Um, um, yeah, thanks very much. Uh, uh, thanks, Nicola, for bringing us together. And, and thanks for so many people to come. I think it's, it's great to see that on an evening we actually don't we actually come and discuss public issues and ongoing developments. It's, it's really, really nice to see, and on short notice, that so many people come. It restores my faith in public debate at the university. <laughs> so that's, that's really good to see. Listen, I, for the rest, I'm an absolute fraud here. I, I don't. Uh, I'm, not, I'm neither of the region nor do I have huge experience in it. So these are these are very loose reflections. Um, what I have done, I suppose, is looked at questions of revolution and social change in a number of settings. I did my own PhD on the Indonesian Revolution in terms of decolonization and social change in uh, the 1940s. Um, and those kind of reflections make me wonder to step back for a moment and say, what is really going on in a deeper sense? When we call this revolution, what kind of revolution is this? Um, we've seen a couple of presidents exit. So we've seen some changes. We've seen some removals of people that we didn't think would be removed. Um, but what's behind that? What further regime change is actually in prospect? Or is it just going to be a shuffle of the generals and the like? And a couple of, a couple of years from now we'll say, ah, there was a moment where the, where the lid got taken off and publics, frustrated publics were able to let off some steam, say hurrah, hurrah, we got rid of the... And then they're actually stuck with a new set of... We will see, we don't know. Um, but I, I think there's some, some questions to be asked there. Anyway, briefly, a couple of things that I've, that, that I've uh, experienced is that I've had in Egypt myself. One is to, to realize just how much repression actually has been there. I think somehow when we've sat looking through the crowd here, most of us do not look like we've actually uh, lived in or, or spent much of our lives in the countries in question. <laughs> Um, and I think a lot of people may have looked at Egypt and thought, oh, pyramids and a nice place to go snorkeling in the Red Sea, and you know, it's uh, it's not all, it's not always, but uh, uh, you know, they have a peace treaty with Israel, and it's kind of uh, calmed down, and people seem to kind of be getting on with things, and uh, uh, you know, but the, re the degree of repression is really was really quite remarkable for me in the, the times that I was working there in 2003. I gave a, a, a presentation at Cairo University about civil society and democracy in the global economy, actually. It wasn't even particularly about Egypt. Um, but to hold that event there at Cairo University, we had to register it with the security police. And everyone who attended had to sign in. So, you know, if you have come now, and it was an occasion like this, if you had come in in the evening to, 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 to join a discussion of, of, with, with, with academic colleagues, you would have had a sign-up sheet there. And that sheet would have been taken to the security people, and they would know who attended the meeting. And they would have a record of that. And I found this really quite troubling. <laughs> then, as was just said, in 2009, just a little over a year ago, we convened a meeting in Cairo at the Ramses Hotel, it, over Tahrir Square, it, the Ramses Hilton yeah. in the background, so we were all looking down at Tahrir Square. Uh, little knowing what would happen there a little, a little over a year from now. But in that, in, in that hotel, we were having a meeting on building global democracy. Security people were nervous. We were, you know, we were 30 academics and assorted other people with their heads in the clouds, you know, talking about global democracy. But the idea that there was this word democracy in it, security people were in there saying, what's going on? Who's here? What's, what's this about? And then they actually asked us, in spite of it, could we please remove the word democracy from the title of our workshop? <laughs> At which point we said, well, building global. <laughs> building global what? 
but I, I just give these as illustrations as maybe to the degree to which the nervousness about the, 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 the democracy and democracy issues um, has been yeah, in, in Egypt and, and other places. I was really quite struck. I didn't realize in many ways myself just how deeply a lot of these uh, insecurities and problems went. That said, I mean, I also was struck when I did work, and I mean, Nicola, you were saying there's been this rise and growth of civil society activity in, in Egypt. I was also rather struck, though, by the relative modesty of the scale of that. And maybe that's just uh, my impression of a lot of civil society. This is in Egypt five, six years ago when I, when I spent meeting with various civil society groups there. I was struck at how captured, in fact, a lot of the civil society was. The business associations, the trade unions, uh, and even a number of the human rights organizations, the women's organizations, the youth organizations, were very closely allied, it seemed to me, to the dominant party, to the state, and there was a lot of, there was a lot of control. The, quote unquote, independent civil society struck me as being really quite fragile, quite, in some cases, underground, whether it was the Muslim Brothers or whether it was alternative uh, trade unions, whether it was uh, uh, youth anti-globalization movements and so on. So I'm also wondering, when you see all the people in Tahrir Square, how much of that is a, an organized movement with, uh, with, with, with visions, with associations, with networks that they can sustain beyond the immediate events into a longer-term mobilization for, for, for deeper change. I'm not sure. It's just my impression really was in, in that earlier time, and maybe things have changed much more in the five, six years since then, but I did get the sense that there was a tightly a really organized, beyond, beyond the Muslim Brothers. But even then, the Muslim Brothers have, have, been, have been suppressed for so long. How well they are actually going to be able to rise to this moment and, and really be an organized movement for change that, uh, that rallies the wider society around them, I'm just not sure. So I think, you know, let's see what happens. Um, in that situation of, if I'm right to think that there's a relative fragility there, um, I'd also be looking to the, the wider global forces that surround this revolution um, and how much change and what kind of change is going to be permitted. At the moment, there's quite a celebration in the global media as though, you know, the Arab world is catching up. It's catching up with the West. And uh, they're going to be nice, liberal, Western, modern Democrats. Uh, and, uh, you know, what happened in Europe in 1848 is now, at last, happening in the Arab world. I mean, that's the kind of account that, I mean, I suppose makes CNN and, and others comfortable. Is that what it's about? Or if you actually took the revolution in other directions, what would happen then? talked about the neoliberal economic kind of reforms and so on. Are, are wider global forces of the wider global political economy going to just sort of sit back and sort of say, oh, let's not have a neoliberal economic reform in Egypt anymore or other parts of the Middle East? I really doubt it. Um, is Egypt going to withdraw from the IMF? Is Egypt going to say no to World Bank loans? Is Egypt going to uh, say no to, to bilateral aid from the US, all the food aid and the like that's involved there, the European Union, etc.? I don't know. Or what would be the cost of saying no to that? Anyway, I do think there are political economic constraints that one would, would, uh, would have to ask questions about. Um, the other thing is I'm not sure what the, what the military is in about in all of this um, in Egypt. I really, I really don't know. You know, the military, in their relative commitments and connections to the wider Egyptian people as against the Pentagon, the lifeblood is not coming from the Egyptian people to, to some extent for the, for, the, for the military apparatus. What is it, 1.3 billion US dollars worth of, of, of finances coming into the Egyptian military? Most of them have been trained by the Americans. Um, and though in those two weeks of quiet 
happy happy celebrations at Tahrir Square with the military there, and it's all a bit going a bit quiet. But I suspect that the lines between the Pentagon and and, and Cairo military uh, leadership were probably buzzing very 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 firmly. Um, and I would really love to know what kind of things were going back and forth between Washington and Cairo. Um, as one general, Mubarak, was removed, but he's the only general who was removed. And the military control major industries, the military have a major position of advantage in the Egyptian political economy, as I understand it. Uh, and is, is, any, is any of that going to be challenged? Um, and if not, what in terms of, I mean, Mubarak is a person, he's not a power structure. Um, and removing Mubarak doesn't necessarily remove those power structures. Uh, and how far, I don't know, the, the people who know the situation far better than I do can answer these questions more, but I, I, just have a, I still just have a question how much, uh, how, much, uh, how much change behind all of this is, is going. As against that, the connections with the sort of liberal democratic forces in Egypt yeah, there's some foundations who we could give grants to, uh, to different NGOs, and, and there's some academic exchanges. Um, the global media will leave town within a week or two. You know, once the, once the party's over, they'll be gone. We won't have CNN looking at it every day anymore. They won't be scrutinizing the, the, the developments anymore in the way that has been done in recent weeks. Um, then the field is going to be clear what's going to happen at that point. So I'm, I'm, I, 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 I serve a slightly skeptical note because I, my, I just think you know, history tells us that a lot of uh, a lot of uh, uh, exuberance of, of removals of various uh, uh, leaderships and governments and so on um, doesn't mean that deeper structures necessarily change. Uh, and there are a lot of there are a lot of forces that uh, that that push to carry that forward. If you re if this revolution is indeed to be a revolution worth really of the name revolution, I suspect people are going to have to be more careful, more organized, and more sustained in their in their activism than. As just the last couple of weeks. It's not to say that it can't happen, it's not to say that it won't happen, but it'll take a lot more long-haul energy than we've seen so far.